Okay, good morning, which is Rabbi Crown. So we are on Davav, Amir Aleph, very top line. So when we last met, we talked about the question about um, whether it is allowed for someone to have intercourse with a basula for the first time on Shabbos. And we framed that question four different ways, um, fairly complex discussion, but basically there were several concepts to keep in mind as we go on to, to the next piece. Um, first question is, what, what's, what's, what are the really the elements of the potential Easter? So what's really going on? Is it a case of creating a chabura, creating a wound? Or is it a case of what you're doing is that there's conceptually the, the woman has some accumulation of blood that represents the basula or the basulim, and the person is seeking to release that pool of blood, whatever that means? Or is it simply a matter of the person is just trying to um, enable the process to happen and that there's a physical act that has to happen to open up the point of entry so that the act could happen? Um, so there's different variations that are put together to put together the different concepts of the question. And a lot of it frames around a disagreement about the concept of davar she'enu miskavein. When someone does something, un, does an act, and there's an unintentional consequence of the act, um, there's a machlokas between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda about what, what's, what happens there. According to Rabbi Shimon, a davar she'enu miskavein is allowed. According to Rabbi Yehuda, a davar she'enu miskavein is not allowed. Now, there's a caveat that each of them have even within that idea. So although Rabbi Shimon says a davrosh e'enu miskavin, an unintentional act is permissible, he would hold, there's another concept of psikresha. Psikresha literally means that if there's a chicken and you want to give a child something to play with, so you say a good thing to give the child to play with is the head of the chicken. So what you're going to do is you're going to cut off the head of the chicken to give the child the, the head of the chicken to play with. And the in, unintended, unintended consequence of that is that the chicken is going to die. So he would say that in that case where it's absolutely inevitable that the chicken is going to die by cutting off its head, he would say that that's the caveat where he would not allow a davar she'enu miskavein to be permissible. So typically, again, Rabbi Shimon typically allows a davar she'enu miskavein, but if it's something that's an obvious consequence, he would not allow it. Now, Rabbi Yehuda does not allow and does not say it's permissible to have an unintended consequence. However, he his caveat is about a what we would call a destructive act, something that is mechalkel. So something that is a destructive act, um, it doesn't really accomplish anything positive, the, the, the element that's unintended. Um, he would allow it in his instance. So all of these concepts are going to come to play as we continue on. Um, so let's begin with the top of Vav Abed Aleph. So starting from the beginning of the first line, Bivei Rav Amre, in Rav's yeshiva they taught, Rav Share, Rav allows the, someone to have intercourse with the basula for the first time on Shabbos. Ushmuel Asav, Shmuel does not allow it. Minahardai, which is where Shmuel lived, they said the exact opposite. Rav Aser Ushmuel Shari. Then Shmuel, Rav said it was Aser and Shmuel said it was, was allowed. I'm Rav Nachman. Bar Yitzchak 
the way you can remember this is So depending upon where the people lived, if they lived where Rav lived, they said Rav was the one who allowed it. If they lived where Shmuel lived, they said that Shmuel was the one that allowed it. So we're going to start off with the assumption that Rav is the one that um, Rav is the one that would allow it. So Rav Shari, but did Rav actually allow this to happen? Vahamarav Shimi Bar. Chizkia Mishpeid the Rav. So Rav Shimon Bar Chizkia says the name of Rav. Hi, hi, Misochria de Zantier. So you're talking about where there is a a barrel of beer, and the way they would stop up the barrel of beer is that they would put uh, some sort of rag into the lid of the barrel. Um, so if that would prevent the the beer from spilling out. So Asar Atuke Biyamatava. So you're not allowed to push. To take that 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 rag and push it back into place into the barrel on Yom Tov, and the reason is is that because this thing is the stop basically the stopper at the top of the barrel, it's soaking up beer as it goes along, and when you push it back in to the barrel on Yom Tov, you're going to be squeezing out beer from it, which is a davar she'enu miskav, and you really don't care that you're squeezing out the beer, but Rav doesn't allow it. So therefore, you might say that Rav doesn't follow the opinion of Rabbi Shimon that allows an unintentional act, but he follows the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda who does not allow an un- unintentional act. But they say, no, Rabbi Shimon would also agree with this because this is where Rav Shimon's caveat comes in, that this is something that's inevitable. Um, they both say, the low yamos, um, Rabbi Shimon agrees that in the case of, an, you know, again, again, the case of the chicken, right, you're going to cut off its head, you don't really want it to die, you don't care that it dies, but it's obviously going to die. So in a case of a stopper, this thing for the stopper of the beer barrel, even though you're not intending for the beer to come out, it's absolutely going to happen because that's just the way it works. No, the halacha follows... Rabbi Yehuda, who does not allow an unintentional act. Rav Chana Bar Ami, Amr Shmuel, Halacha Rabbi Shimon. And they say, so this, this opinion says it's, it's the reverse, right? That Rav, that Rav, that we're saying, you know, Rav and Shmuel, Rav follows Rabbi Yehuda, who would not allow the unintentional act. And Shmuel follows Rabbi Shimon, who would allow the unintentional act. Rav Chia Bar Avin Masti Lei Belei Gavra, he said it out deliberately. Rav Amar Halacha Rabbi Yehuda. He says that the Halachas are Rabbi Yehuda. Again, Rabbi Yehuda says no to the unintentional act. Ushmuel Amar Halacha Rabbi Shimon. So here we have an explicit statement that Rav does not follow Rabbi Shimon, and therefore, in a case, he would not allow an unintentional act. So therefore, how would Rav allow a basula to uh, someone to have relations with the basula for the first time on Shabbos if he follows Rabbi Yehuda? And says that that's a that would not allow an unintentional act. So our answers: Olam Rav Rabbi Yehuda Svirle. He definitely holds like Rabbi Yehuda. But he says what we're dealing with here is again going back to the different potential concepts. That's not that we're creating a wound. It's that conceptually the woman has this accumulation of blood in her body, and what he's really doing is he's um, allowing that blood to come out. It's not that he's creating a wound. And the only way to do that is by creating an opening. And 
And what he said earlier that the caveat for Rabbi Yehuda was a destructive act. So he's doing a destructive act to allow the blood to come out. So it's not that it's a davrashen miskavein. It's a davrashen miskavein, which he would not allow. But because it's it's a it's a destructive act, he would allow it. It's not he's not creating. His goal here is not to create a wound. His goal is to open that reservoir of blood, and the way he's doing it is through a destructive act. And therefore, um, Rabbi Yehuda would allow it. And according to this is the version that said that um, the blood is actually coming out by causing a wound, because the only way you can get the blood to come out is by creating this wound. We could say that he's allowing it because it's a mikalka, because it's basically a destructive act. So Rabbi Huda doesn't, he doesn't care about psikresha. Right, no. So, it's, so psikresha is a caveat of Rabbi Shimon, who says, who would allow Darvashayin and Miskavin. He says, allow Darvashayin and Miskavin. However, if the consequence is absolutely absolute, he doesn't, he doesn't go that way. Rabbi Yehuda says he does not allow Darvashayin and Miskavin. However, if it's a, if a, if it's a, a, a destructive act, it's a different category altogether, and he does allow it in that case. He's creating a wound the same thing as a destructive act. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the creating of the wound is just a destructive. It's not. He's not seeking to create the wound. He's seeking to release the blood, and he's doing this destructive act by virtue of creating the wound. So it's not. It's not the concept of Dover and Miskavin. It's a concept that he's doing a destructive act. Right. Okay. Okay. Mesa uh, Rafista. Rafista brings a, a challenges from a different Mishnah. Um, so you have a, a girl who is not yet of, enough of an adult that she is menstruating, um, and she gets married. You give her four nights, meaning that because you know she's not menstruating, you you know. So, so today we followed a completely different concept, but in theory that. Um, the dam the dam besulin is not the same as dam nida, and therefore it doesn't have the same level of tuma and tahara. So therefore, you know, if you follow that that view, if you, this this girl who is not go is not go, not becoming a nida, she only has dam besulin. In theory, dam besulin does not create tuma, and therefore, according to this, and again, we don't follow this today, um, they would continue to allow to be remain to be together as long as it was just dam besulin. We give her four nights to have marital relations, during which the anything that comes out of her is tar, it's not damnida. We give her only until the time that the wound heals. So in theory, you know, they're, they're having this relationship, this relate these relations. It creates this wound. Beis Hill says once the wound heals, anything after that is considered damnida. However, um, but a, a girl who's old enough to be menstruating and she's, she gets married. He says we give her the first night where we consider that blood to be Dom Besulin. After that, any blood she sees is Dom Nida. So again, remember that the optimal concept is the woman, people get married on Wednesday. So therefore, you give her Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. So he gets four nights until Motzei Shabbos for them to have relations. So 
Um, so how? So again, this is brought as a question to, to Shmuel's view that um, that that the that having relations with the basula is not allowed. So how are we challenging that? My love is the Mishnah not saying the Elo Baal that if he did not successfully have relations with her on any of these nights, Matzi Baal Are we saying here that we said he has four nights? He has Wednesday through Saturday night. One of those nights we're saying is Friday night. So if so, are we saying that if he did not have relations with her yet, he's allowed to have relations with her on Friday night, which would imply that he's allowed to have relations with her for the first time on Friday night. So Amarava, lo, levar Shabbos. No, it means he can have relations with her on the other nights other than Shabbos, meaning that he's saying is that the window goes through Saturday night, but it really does not include Friday night. So Armalei Abaye, Abaye doesn't like this answer. We, we, just, we said two things together. We said we give her four nights until Saturday night. So why do you need to say both things? If you, if, if you really mean that the window goes through Saturday night, just say the window goes through Saturday night. But you're basically saying they got four, four tries and they go through Saturday night. So by saying that there's four tries, that implies that Friday night is, is, is available. You know, Friday night is a day that could be used. El Amaraba Kishabal, the Mishnah is talking about where he had complete relations with her on the first night. Um, then he is allowed to have relations with her on Friday night because the Dom Basulin would have happened earlier on. So the whole issue was having relations with the Basula where you're going to either create a wound or whatever you're going to do. Um, but because you did that earlier, you did that perhaps on Wednesday night or Thursday night. Um, Friday night is available because you're not concerned about about um, any anything happening further because it already happened. Or Ikishabal, well, what about um, if he here if he already had relations with her before Shabbos? Micah Mashmalan, what's the point of telling us that he has four nights and again until Moshe Shabbos? What's the point of telling us both things, right? If the answer here is to say that he really had relations with her already, but he's allowed to continue up till Saturday night, and he's, he's saying four nights, that applies that you're allowed, again, you're allowed to try four times. Where answers, um, what it's teaching us is that once the basulim is completely removed, um, he's allowed to have relations with her on Shabbos, even though the first few times there still might be bleeding as a result. Because even though um, the first time, in theory, the basulim was was removed, um, bleeding can happen for the first few times. So even though bleeding may happen on on Friday night, you still would allow it. And Shmuel, and Shmuel, and this is what Shmuel says: Armor Shmuel, Pirza Dechoka Muterli Kanes Be'Bashabes. So if if there's some kind of entry place to a cave or to a building, and you're allowed to go into it, you know, and it's like a very narrow entry. Um, so let's say let's say it's a cave of sorts, and there's like an easy you can squeeze into it. You're allowed to go into it. Afalp shemashertsruros, even though you know rocks, you might be dislodging rocks. So in theory, if the opening wasn't there, you wouldn't be allowed to create an opening in a cave to enter it. But once there's an opening, you're allowed to squeeze into it, even though according to Shmuel, you might um, still cause pebbles to fall out. So the analogy is basically saying that you know because the initial act is what caused the basulin to be removed, even though there might be residual bleeding as a result, you're not concerned consider, concerned about that at that you know at that point. So Masiv Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef 
um, brings a challenge. Chasan pater mikriyashma leil harishon amotzi shabbos. So a chasan who's marrying a virgin is 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 not mechuyav in kriyashma from the first night he gets married until Saturday night. Im lo asamase, and that is if he did not yet perform the act. So because the the concept is is that the chasan because he is preoccupied either with having excitement for doing the act or Alternatively, if he's concerned about whether he'll be able to, to create the Dam Basulim, one or the other, or both, um, he has, he's, he's putter from saying Kriyashma from the first night through Saturday night um, because he's going to be preoccupied. That applies if he did not yet do the act. My love, the Tarah Debai Mival, the mission suggests that this would apply even on Friday night. So again, it's saying that he has until the same question we had earlier. He has until Saturday night, where he's pater from Shema, if he hasn't done it. That implies that he's, he's also pater on Friday night. So if he's pater for Friday night, why is he pater on Friday night? If he's not allowed to have relations with her on Friday night, then he won't be so preoccupied or anxious or anything like that. It won't be on his mind. It's not. It's you know off the table. So why why do we worry about Friday night? Why we exempt him from Friday night? Armalea Baye. Lo tarid v'lo bayel. No, he's not allowed to. Um, he's not allowed to have relations, but he's still in his mind. He's still all thinking about that he hasn't yet done this, and he's either excited or he is um, concerned that he wasn't able to get it done in the prior nights, and he's also concerned about whether he's going to be able to create the have the dam basulim happen. Um, so the question is, Armale Rava, umishum tirda pater, if only because he is preoccupied, he is Yotze from Shema. El Ma'ata, if that was the case, Tavas Vinasabayami, of someone whose ship sank at sea, Hachinami the Pater, is he also exempt from saying Kriyat Shema? He's obviously so preoccupied with what, you know, the tragedy that happened to him, he should also be Pater from Shema. Vichitema Hachinami, and if you'll say that so, Vamar Ababar Zavda, Amarav, Avel Then Avel is still required to do all the mitzvos that it says in the Torah, chutzmina tefillin, except for tefillin. Shema b'hen pe'er. You know, we don't really go this way. And again, this is not talking about an one necessarily, but it's talking about someone who's in a velus. Um, this is saying someone who's in a velus is chayev to do all the mitzvos, but in theory they maybe were, you know, according to this view, we're not supposed to wear tefillin. We, we don't go this way. So because he is so involved in his... Um, Avelis, um, he still is required to do all the mitzvahs, including Kriyachma. So, therefore, um, you know, wh- what are we really saying here, right? How is, you know, we're, we're really saying if it's a qu- just a question of preoccupation, you know, he's so preoccupied with his Avelis, he should be not be chayev to say um, Kriyachma. El Amarav, different way of looking at it. Tanai, it's a different machokas tanayim about whether you can have. The person can have relations with a with a, a basul on Shabbos. The Tani Chada, one Baraisa taught, Imo Asamasa Rishon, if he did not yet do the first act on the first night, Pater Apesheni, he is also not, he is also exempt from saying Kriyashma on Thursday, right? So if he didn't do it Wednesday, he's also Pater from saying Kriyashma on Thursday. Bisheni, if he didn't do it on, on Thursday, um, Pater Apishlishi. He is also exempt from saying Kriyashma on the third night, which is Friday night. The Tanya Idach, and we learned in a different Brisa, Rishon Vishani Pater. If yes on Wednesday, yes on Thursday, 
Shlishi Chayev. That's on the third day, which is Friday, he is Chayev. So you have these different different Baraisas, these different Tanayim that would say one implies that Friday night is a viable option, and therefore he's parted from Kriyashma. One says, no, Friday night is not a viable option, and therefore he's not parted from Kriyashma. Vabaye, Baye reads this differently. Hasab Nami Bitir Deplini. Here, the Baraisas also disagree about. Whether um, whether just the preoccupation with the fact that he was not able to fulfill the act the prior night is enough to make him um, be be um, not be high of kriyashma because one of the things we said earlier was that although the, that what the, what the explanation was although he's not supposed to do the act he'll still be preoccupied because he is feeling anxious about the fact that he wasn't able to get it done on Wednesday night or Thursday night. Vani tonight barhani tonight. And the opinions of these Tanayim follow the opinions of other Tanayim. The Tanya we learned in the Brisa. Hakonis is a basula. Someone who marries a basula. Lo yival b'tchil b'shavas. You should not have um, relations for the first time on Shabbos. So chachamim matir and the chachamim allow it. So those, that's parallel to what we just said, where we said one view says implies that Friday night is okay, and one view says not. So man chachamim. Who are the chachamim that allow it? Amar Rava, Rabbi Shimon, who that were the Rabbi Shimon, he that's Rabbi Shimon. The Amar Davrish Einim Miskaved Matar. He would say again, it's a Davrish Einim Miskaved, and therefore it's allowed. Armalei Abaye, Baha Modi Rabbi Shimon, Besik Reisha Lo Yamos. He holds Besik Reisha. We just said, you know, that's that was his caveat. This is an inevitable act, and therefore he shouldn't allow it. Armalei Lo Kalol Bavelim. This doesn't talk about the people like the Babylonians. So there's this theoretical concept that the Babylonians did not know how to do, and therefore this does not apply to them. But the theoretical concept is that people have the knowledge of a, of a method of having relations where they will not create, um, well, they will not tear the basulin. But there are people that know how to do this in this, you know, whatever whatever way that they're not going to um, damage the basulim, and for them they would be allowed. So the Gemara doesn't like this. Im Kane, Torah Lama. What about this preoccupation? So we know the preoccupation is about the fact that he's not either doesn't know he doesn't he's worried about the basulim or whatnot. In this case, he's 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 going to go about doing this in a way that's not going to impact the basulim. We're talking about Baki. We're talking about someone who does not know how to do this, do it in this way. So therefore, maybe the Gemara should say, Yomru Baki Mat, or someone who knows how to do this in such a way where they're not going to cause the bleeding should be allowed to. Sheena Baki Asr, and someone who's not allowed, doesn't know how to do it, is Asr. So the Gemara answers, Ro Bikiyane, most people know how to do this. Amale Rabba Barav Chanin Larbaye, you ask the question, El Na'ata, we also learned Shushvinan Lama, that what they would do is they would have these attendants, and what they would do is they would... Um, so they, what they would do is they would inspect the sheets ahead of time. They would also make sure that the basula wasn't bringing in her own sheets that were already bloodstained, because the whole goal is to make sure that no one is trying to trick anybody. So they would check the sheets, make sure the sheets on the bed are clean, make sure that no one's bringing in false evidence. And what's the whole point of that if they're going to go through this maneuver of avoiding it? Armalei, Hasam Shema Yiraviyav. Maybe he'll mess up and he'll still see blood and he'll try to cover up as a result. Therefore, you need that. So let's just finish up. Masi from Ami. He brings it from a Mishnah. Hamepis Mursa Bishabbos. Someone who lances a boil on Shabbos. 
So, you know, a boil is like the, you know, typically has some sort of fluid in it. If his goal is to make this opening so that it'll heal better, if he's deliberately creating an opening, if his goal is to remove the fluid or the pus, potter is exempt. There, in the case of the boil, the fluid is completely within the, you know, you have this fluid that's kind of sitting within the boil, and therefore it's not really part of the body. Here, in the case of Dambasulin, you know, that w- this is the case where you might view that the blood is sitting there and it's p- part of the actual body, so therefore it actually fits into being a wound. So therefore, the analogy of the boil doesn't really apply. So this will stop, and Mr. Shem will pick up again next week. Everyone have a wonderful day. Thank mm-hmm. you.